Welcome to the English with Kirsty podcast from www.englishwithkirsty.com. Here I'll be sharing with you tips, information and other learning resources so that you can improve your business English. Welcome to episode 116 of the English with Kirsty podcast and today we're talking about business travel and specifically business travel to countries where you, the language spoken is not your native language because I think there are a lot of tips available about how to stay safe on business travel but not so much ones thinking about the other issues that um, arise because you're speaking a different language all the time because I know that the first time that or first couple of times that I went to Germany and I was working and speaking and everything I was doing was in German um, I was really tired at the end of it my my head was kind of buzzing with all this all these new words and it was exhilarating it was fun but it was really tiring and sometimes being really tired can affect your decisions as well um, and sometimes I think it's difficult at the beginning to really be yourself in the other language because for me um, I'm some of my confidence comes from the fact that I'm able to say what I want say what I think without having to struggle and look for words when I'm speaking English but then obviously when you speak another language you don't have that immediately so um, it makes you feel a bit vulnerable I guess because you're not as articulate as you would be in your native language um, it can be a bit stressful. You may avoid some situations that you wouldn't avoid in your native language. Like if I remember a time when somebody was quite rude to me, I would have told him exactly what I thought of him in English. But when I was speaking German and it was quite at the beginning, I was quite, I, I walked away from the situation. And, and sometimes it is good to walk away. Um, but sometimes you can try and avoid hassle in the other language when really it may be more in your um, own best interest to to not go along with somebody if they're suggesting something that you don't want or um, offering to help you when you don't really want them to help you so I think it's sometimes harder and it takes a while and it takes some practice before you can really be yourself in that other language some people have less of a problem with it than others which is great for them I, I did struggle with it at the beginning and I think it's something to bear in mind if you are traveling for business um, because things that you would just take for granted in your own country or where your own native language is spoken can suddenly feel a bit more like a, um, a task to complete or something that's harder in another language. So we are going to talk about safety today, but we're also looking at it from the point of view of working, going on a business trip in a country where your native language isn't spoken and you're having to operate in another language. And also just a word about safety. Um, I know some people think, oh, that's boring. And health and safety is seen as a reasons for not doing things, for spoiling the fun. Um, I'm coming at this as somebody who worked for a health and safety advisor in the past. And really what I learned there is it's just about, you know, good practices that stop accidents from happening or try to prevent accidents or bad things happening. So it's just things to, to keep you safe because sometimes it's much easier to prevent something bad than to deal with the consequences afterwards. So these are just, um, I think I've got 12 tips to help you to be safer on business travel um, in England or in an English speaking country. 
So, in no specific order, they're not really groups, but they're just things that I think, you know, people can be aware of. So the first thing is to, to learn about the culture, you know, if it's somewhere, if you're in Europe and travelling to another European country, maybe maybe the culture won't be that different, but still there are things that, you know, etiquette about what's appropriate when you're with your colleagues, what, are there any topics of conversation that you should avoid? Um, are there things that you shouldn't do when you're out and about? Um, just, you know, basic things. And you can't know everything. Nobody can know everything. Um, but maybe you just have a look online, see if you can find out some information. Maybe you know colleagues that have been to this country, especially if it's a country that's quite different from your own. Um, it's worth just spending a bit of time finding out what is... Um, what is acceptable, what is not acceptable, because then you're less likely to do something that would cause people to take offence and probably and may cause you to be in an uncomfortable situation. So number one is, yeah, definitely find out a bit about the culture, especially if it's not the same as your own. Number two is about planning your routes, um, especially at night when it's dark or when there's less people around. You know, don't take risks in another country that you would never take in your own country or in your own city you know there's still um you may have had a really friendly and hospitable welcome but that doesn't mean that everyone around you is good you know you need to <coughs> still take the same precautions that you would take in your own city and that includes um being safe you know if it's if it's late at night and you're going through like a deserted area then then take a taxi or get the bus don't don't walk everywhere if it's possibly not safe to do so because you don't know this city, it's not your home city or town and you don't know where the more dangerous areas are because you're not familiar with it. So um, think about maybe travelling with other colleagues if other colleagues are going in the same direction or um, think about how you're going to get there, don't just kind of hope for the best. It's, it's good to, um, I would say don't walk around with a, a paper map because you look a bit like a tourist and maybe more vulnerable but if you don't rely completely on GPS because you may be in an area where you can't get a phone signal and then obviously your GPS isn't going to work unless of course you download a map that you can have that you can see offline um, that's quite good if you're not sure what the coverage will be you can download a map and then just store it on your phone um, or also yeah have a paper map but maybe go somewhere I don't know go into a coffee shop or a shop or something so you're not just like standing around on the street with a map looking lost um, and also don't be afraid to change your plans if something happens that makes you not feel safe so I wasn't abroad when this happened but I was on a train and there was this really creepy guy um, trying to get closer than was um, necessary um, and, and just saying some inappropriate things and I, I didn't like this guy um, and so I was going to walk from the station uh, but I didn't, I just uh, got in a cab because there were licensed taxis at the station and I thought, you know, this, this guy is really creepy and when I got into the taxi the guy in the cab said that there was someone following me out of the station at first he thought we were together um, and then this man only stopped following me when I turned to go to the taxi rank so yeah, that, that guy could have followed me home that's not cool so if, if you feel uncomfortable um, don't be afraid to change your mind or to do something that, that brings you into an area where more people are because people are less likely to be a problem if there are lots of witnesses who can see that so you know go somewhere where there's like a shop with lots of people or a busy train station or something 
stay where the people are if somebody's making you feel uncomfortable, even if that means you have to slightly change your, your plans for how you're going to get to the next place. But but yeah, have have an idea how you will get from A to B and familiarise yourself with the area or the map a bit before you leave your hotel room or the place where you're working. Number three, just a, a small thing, but like people, you know, when you get your hotel room cards in the like a paper folder thing um, that has your room number on it, then don't leave that open. Just don't don't carry it around. Don't don't leave it anywhere where people can see the room number. They don't need to know what room you're in. Put it away safely. And also um, get a couple of room cards because then people don't think that necess you're necessarily travelling on your own. You can always put another one, I don't know, in a, a pocket and one in your bag so you've got both. Um, but ask for two and then it looks as though you're, you're with someone if you are travelling on your own. Um, Number four is um, just any kind of signage around the hotel where you are. I mean, obviously, a lot of the time it's just going to be a map to show you how to get out if there's a, a fire or if the hotel needs to be evacuated. But if there's any information that is in English, um, make sure you know what it says before you're panicking and trying to find out what it says. So if there's any kind of safety information in the room or in the hotel near the room, then just have a quick look at it at a time when you're relaxing and you have time and, and not when there's some kind of emergency and you need to know what it says and you panic because it's not in your native language. Um, number five is be prepared to question people if you might do that in your native language it's okay like if somebody comes and says they're from room service then did you order anything from room service you know you don't have to let them in they could be anyone so especially when it's not your native language you might think oh this is going to be hassle it's easier just to, to go along with it it's not it's your room and you don't have to let random people in and it's, it's perfectly reasonable to question them who are you why are you there and even to call down to reception um, to say did you send someone because if they didn't that person's got no right to be there and um, security can come and deal with them um, if they're pretending to be from room service and they're not so it's, it's perfectly fine to question people and you know even if you are thinking oh no not another conversation in english it's it's good to do it because it's your, your safety that it could be someone who shouldn't be there especially if it's in the evening or later um you don't need to open the door to people if if you don't think they are who they say they are or they should be there um Number six, just some basic medical stuff. Like if you um, if you need something, it's often easier to take it with you um, because then you don't have to have the conversation about trying to, to get medication or if you run out or something, just make sure you have what you need. Um, also some preventative things like if you take something with you in case you get a stomachache or in case you get a cold or flu. Um, if you're travelling somewhere where the law is, is different to your country, then, then check that the things are legal that you're trying to take. Um, and just learn some basic words to talk about your any medical conditions that you have. Um, I was going to come onto this a bit later, but um, if, if you need to explain something, um, if there is... Um, if you have a condition that may flare up or that there may be a problem, then just take some time to, to learn to talk about that in simple sentences in, in English. Um, because then if you do need to speak to anybody like a medical professional, 
um, then you'll be able to do that. You won't know every question that they'll ask you. Um, you w won't know necessarily the, n the names of everything. But I think if you if you have a medical condition and you you may need to speak to a doctor or somebody about it, then it's good just to to know some basic phrases to talk about it, to talk about the symptoms, to talk about any medication that you're already on, um, and then you'll feel more confident if you have to do that in a real life situation because you've already practiced doing it in English. Okay, number seven is just a just a basic one really about keeping your passport safe, um, taking copies of any important documents. So that's not really about language but I th thought I'd put it in here because a lot of people don't and then they, they stress if they lose their passport then they don't know the passport number. Um, make sure you know the number for the country that you you know your own country so we like england is plus four four germany is plus four nine um i know those because i use them regularly but you don't necessarily know your own country number because you don't call it but maybe you'll need to so you know make sure you know what that is then number eight um you know sometimes you, you may need help you may need to call for help you may it might not be like a serious situation you might just have got lost or something but it's really important to take your um, to make sure your phone is charged up you know take a, a cable for your laptop to charge it or even some of these extra additional um, battery power packs for phones because you don't know when you'll need to contact someone and it's more of a hassle if you are in another country um, you don't necessarily know how things work you may have questions about even the most basic of things because you're just not used to them or maybe things are done in a slightly different way and you need to find out from someone so always make sure that you have a way of contacting people um, number nine this is also not a language related one but I thought it was a good thing um, that I read a couple of days ago when you're traveling it's better to put your laptop in a bag in the um, under the seat in front of you on the plane than to put it in the head lockers which is above you you're not close to it um, so in the overhead lockers somebody could steal it somebody could drop it from a height and laptops don't like being dropped from that high um, you're less in control of what happens to your things if they are above you and obviously you can't do this everywhere because if you're in the um, the X is it the exit row There's, there are some rows where you can't do that there's no seat in front of you like if you're in the front row for example there is no seat in front of you so that's not possible so that's your decision whether you want to sit there and have the extra leg room or have somewhere to put your laptop that is a bit close to you um, but if you do have the option I always keep my laptop close to me rather than having it in the overhead locker where somebody could steal it or drop it or damage it in some way um, number 10 and this is kind of like what I was saying about the, the medi um, medical issues point but um, for me I, I don't really have that, that any issues that I need to talk about but I do have allergies so one of the first things that I learn when I go to another country is the word for the things that I'm allergic to and how to explain that in a restaurant because it's important because if I eat that then I will probably have an allergic reaction and mine isn't so serious that I'll end up in hospital but it will be uncomfortable and unpleasant and, and I don't want that so um, I make a point of learning these words and, and the sentence like I am allergic to because there's a difference from like oh I don't want this in my food to please don't give me this because I will have an allergic reaction so um, 
just to find out how to say the sentence like I have an allergy, I am allergic to whatever it is um, because that comes up if you can't read the menu or um, you know all the ingredients are not always listed so you need to say like does this contain, is there any in this lots of things you can say but it's important to know how to talk about that because if the other person doesn't speak your language you still need to communicate this idea that you can't have that particular food so plan in advance because it may be you know like um, people sometimes prepare food together with, with other ingredients so the, the ingredient that you're allergic to may not be in your food but it may be in the kitchen um, and they need the people in the restaurant need to be aware of that um, if you do have an allergy so being able to talk about that is important and it's easier if you like plan that in advance rather than trying to trying to find out how to say it when you're actually really hungry and you want some food um, don't work out in the gym alone or go swimming alone late at night it's it's not worth it you, you don't know who's gonna come in and you'll be on your own so um, try to avoid doing that um, leave the do not disturb sign up even when you're out because then you know people think you're there and not attempt to come in if anyone has any bad intentions <coughs> um, don't join um, Wi-Fi networks if you don't know what they are just don't think oh look there's Wi-Fi I can use that especially in airports you know, people sometimes set up um, criminals set up um, their own Wi-Fi hotspots that look like real ones and then they can try and steal some of your data so be, be aware it's your work laptop um, or even your personal laptop but you know be aware don't just think oh free Wi-Fi fabulous you know think you don't know whose it is join one there's usually something at the airport um, with a secure um, Wi-Fi connection with the pass password um, use the airports one even if you have to pay for it rather than jumping onto somebody's one that they've set up that might not be secure it's, it's not worth it it's your data it's it's worth the couple of pounds or whatever it will cost to, to get you onto the airport Wi-Fi um, number 14 is really about accepting help and this is language related because you know sometimes people will offer you help and you just get a bad feeling. Um, this happened to me a couple of times on the train. Not a lot of the time because I found some travelling around on my own. I've met some really interesting people, but there have been a couple of people and they just made me feel uncomfortable. And if somebody makes you feel like that, then there may be nothing in it, but there may be a reason why you're reacting like that. So I think sometimes these instinctive reactions are, are important. We don't listen to them enough. So just because you need help, it doesn't mean you need to accept the first offer of help. Um, you can say that you're perfectly fine and yeah, you know where you're going and everything. Even if you don't, you can just walk off confidently in, in a direction away from the person who's making you feel uncomfortable and then go and ask someone else. It doesn't mean that just because you need help or you, you want some directions that you need to take them from anyone who offers them because if, if you don't want to... Um, if you don't want someone to escort you, um, you can you can say that you're fine. You know the way. Even if you don't know the way, and you need to then go and check a map or check with someone else. Um, don't feel obliged to to take help from anyone who offers it, and also don't feel obliged to answer questions because I think in in language setup, 
we teach children to answer questions we we teach adults to engage in conversation with people but you know sometimes you don't want to talk to people you certainly don't want to give them any information about you as an individual are you traveling alone why does somebody want to know that you know go away <laughs> we don't teach language students to tell people to go away and i think sometimes we should um it doesn't have to be like that but you can you can make up a colleague that if if you feel uncomfortable with somebody asking if you're traveling alone say that you're meeting a colleague even if you aren't who cares okay you may care if you don't want to lie but um if, <laughs> if it's in the you know i've yeah i've done things like that i said i was waiting for somebody when i wasn't just because i wanted somebody to leave me alone and i think that's okay you know let them think that a colleague is coming or you're meeting someone if, if you don't want them to be hanging around and annoying you or just tell them to you know it depends how how confident you feel about telling asking people to to leave you in peace like you're reading a book or something i don't know but um the point here is that a lot of the time we, you know we encourage people to, to answer questions and to get into conversations but if you don't want to the same as in your own native language you don't have to and you certainly don't have to answer questions about yourself or your plans if you don't feel comfortable doing that because really it's none of anyone's business and if it's a you know a nice genuine person they will probably not ask those questions in the first place and they will also understand if somebody is a bit wary about giving a lot of personal details out um number 15 backpacks can be quite handy i i travel with them sometimes for carrying big things like laptops um i think it's easier carrying a laptop in a backpack than a laptop bag but don't put your valuables small valuables in the backpack because it's really easy to open someone's backpack from behind um, you can get locks for them you can tie them so that they're real pain to undo if you want you know if you're traveling you don't want people to be tampering with your backpack because it's really easy in a crowded place you can't necessarily feel someone doing that um, so it's good to um, put your valuables in something that's more secure and close to your body and don't leave them don't leave your handbag on a chair another chair at the table i couldn't i was kind of surprised when i saw someone doing this because i'm a london girl and i don't do that <laughs> i always keep my handbag really close i usually wear a, a kind of an across the body one so it's always attached to me but um i a friend just kind of put her handbag on a chair like not her chair just another chair on the table anybody could have reached in or reached across and and grabbed it and she wouldn't have been able to stop them so just be aware of where you're putting your handbag can you feel it you know sometimes i put it on the floor um but put my leg through the strap so if anybody tries to move it i will feel that against my legs and can do something about it before it's gone so just be aware of your valuables and where they are and maybe that's it so that's 15 things um some of them as i said are basic travel advice some of them are more specific to speaking another language that isn't your native language and operating in that language and sometimes you may feel tired and sometimes we don't make the best decisions when we're tired but just to be aware of these things and to be aware of your own safety and what's good for you you don't always have to be polite you know you think oh it's, it's rude to to not answer these questions it's not if somebody shouldn't be asking them then that's fine <laughs> you don't have to answer 
and yeah but basically these are all like the worst things that could happen when i've been traveling on my own i've i've met some really interesting and kind and helpful people so i don't want to make it sound as if everyone's out to get you um but i am looking at that because this is an episode about travel safety but you know generally i've had really good and positive experiences um, the less positive experiences that I've had on travelling on my own have been in my own country, but then I, I do that more than travelling abroad on my own. But um, I think it's just always good to be aware, and I think sometimes people, um, when they travel, they kind of do things that they wouldn't do in their own city or take risks that they wouldn't take otherwise. So it's just to be aware of that, and you know, you don't know the the places that the local people don't go to because they think they're more dangerous because you're not a local person so just be be aware of what's happening around you um don't take unnecessary risks and have fun because you know business travel can be tiring and annoying if you have a really busy schedule but it can also be a really good way to get to know another culture another country um to get to know your colleagues or customers a bit more and it can be a lot of fun but um, if you follow these steps, then it will be, it will help you to be safer as well. So I hope you found that useful. I will be doing a blog post on this topic at some point. So if you'd, um, that will be in the newsletter. That the December newsletter is coming out soon. So if you've been listening to the podcast and you're not subscribed to the newsletter, um, you can sign up on the show notes page, which is englishwithkirsty.com slash podcast slash episode 116. And the newsletter contains links to other things on the English with Kirsty site that aren't in the podcast. And there's some extra resources for newsletter subscribers. And it only comes out once a month, so it's not going to fill up your inbox. You know, it only comes out in the first week of every month. So that covers everything that happened on the site in the month before and that will be happening so yep sign up for that if you're interested and have a good week and have fun learning english i hope you enjoyed this episode of the english with kirsty podcast if you have any questions or comments my email address is kirsty at englishwithkirsty.com or you can go to www.englishwithkirsty.com slash podcast where you'll find information about the individual episodes 